Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So something, as I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times, besides playing quarterback right now for the Bucks is more important to Tom Brady. He was excused from practice for the second time in a week for what was uh, termed personal reasons. They said he wasn't, of course, we knew he wasn't supposed to play in the uh, preseason game against Miami on Saturday night. Todd Bowles said Thursday, after the joint practice with the Dolphins, that in fact uh, the absence was planned before training camp and that he expects Brady to rejoin the team following the Bucks preseason game at Tennessee. That's on August 20th. So we're looking... Um, what, some more than a week down the road here, assuming he comes back then. Bowles has offered no explanation for what he means by personal things. Um, That's why I guess I suppose they're personal. Um, But he said that uh, he's allotted Brady this time, and he wanted to get in some chemistry with the guys that were new, like Julio Jones and you know, Kyle Rudolph and those guys for the first two weeks of training camp and not take more reps away from Blaine and Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. They're going to play in this game and in the next one, obviously. And he just said that, you know, um, he doesn't have, he says there's always going to be a doubt about whether he's going to play against the Cowboys, but he says, I have a pretty high level of confidence that he'll start September 11th. Steve, this is, here's, here's my biggest concern. And I mean, listen, anytime you hear that somebody has to take time off for personal reasons, you know, that's sort of the the Heisman. It's like, don't probe too deeply here because you, your mind immediately goes to, to some awful things, right? He's got older parents, some of whom, like his mother, have had cancer. He's got a whole family with young children, um, some that are now in high school, like his son Jack, who's in New York. Uh, certainly he has a, a you know a, a world famous wife with a lot of interest and in family as well so you know you 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 are concerned that maybe there is something um that he has to address with with one of a member of his of his family um and yet that was really not the tenor uh with the bucks at all hasn't been and in the few conversations i've had with people um it's almost as if yeah, no one's worried. You know, he'll be back. He's fine. Um, no one's sick. It's it's great. You know, it's just something that was planned. My concern is that if it was planned before training camp, they've known about this before July 27th. Um, when he was out a week ago, remember they had the day off, then it was his birthday, which he took off, which is what he did the year before. And then the next day is when they let us know for the first time, no, 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 he's not here today. He's excused for personal reasons. Wasn't that the perfect opportunity to say, in fact, guys, not only is he not here today, he's probably going to miss some time in these next two weeks. He's going to be back a couple weeks against Miami, a couple days against Miami, but then we probably won't see him again. You could have gotten out in front of this story as an organization if you knew before training camp this was the reality. 
if you were certain that he was taking this time. I, and I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't have done that. I, 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 I get your point, and I agree with it. The only thing I could think of in the organization's defense is a very select few knew, and no one else did. So why make it a story before it needs to be a story? If his teammates well, don't it, know, his, uh, it kind of was a. But I, I know it, you're exactly right. I, I understand what, you, what you're saying, but in a, from a PR standpoint, yeah, we kind of accepted. Oh, he's missing a day here for the personal reason, but you're still curious. We're still making mm-hmm. our calls, as I did mm-hmm. at that time. Listen, I don't mind telling you, I'm I am suspicious by nature. This guy retired once. He's 45. Mm-hmm. He retired once. Gronk retired once, and now he's retired again. So is he, he knows the is routine. Is he, or is he coming back? Well, well, for now, <laughs> he's retired a second time. Um, and he's also come back again. But my point is, is that, you know, you're always on alert. I mean, what has this whole offseason been? I mean, I, I, you know, since they lost the game and Matt Gay made the field goal and went on to win a Super Bowl – the whole off season was one series of people retiring, unretiring, and then other people retiring, and then other people getting a head coach. Like it's been a complete crazy off season of change, right? Are we going to have Trask and Gabbard? Are we going to have Deshaun Watson? You know, oh Brady's back, and now Arians is gone, and now Bowles is the coach. I mean, it's been a chaotic just from a news standpoint, not maybe for the organization because they have continuity, but it's been sort of that kind of you know. What's going to happen next kind of off season, And so, you know, last week it was hot. Or, two, yeah, two weeks ago it was hot. Second day of practice, Ryan Jensen hurts his knee, likely out for the season or at least until very late in the season. Um, things just weren't going well. They just weren't, right? And then Brady has to go somewhere. He, he got a personal, he's gone. And listen, we – we all made our calls, and we all were like, is he coming back? <laughs> like, you know, are we going to get one of those announcements where, hey, you know, I know what it takes for me to play and the commitment I have to make, sort of like his first letter. I mean, I was kind of, you know, he, he kind of had me at, you know, for me to play, I have to make a commitment every day with every capitalized in his first statement, you know, when he when he retired the first time. So, you know, for a guy who's always talking about, it's the process, and you got to get one percent better every day, and every rep has to count. And you know, if you're if you take one step forward and two step back, you know that that doesn't help, and you're not really getting any better. All of that, you know, was sort of in my mind when you know he he went through it the first time. We learned the first time he had walked out, and then he came back, and you're like, okay, crisis averted. Maybe it was a one off, right? And then, and then you find out, no, no, he's going away. And he's going away for a couple weeks. And they've known about it since before training camp. So even last week probably likely was related and didn't surprise them. So it, it just seems odd to me. It's not, it, this is not the Tom Brady we're used to. Uh, and, and just the very nature of football, right? Like, you know, football is one of those sports. And, and listen, Again, I go back to personal, right? We, personal can mean anything. And I'm uh, far be it for me to tell Tom Brady what he needs to, to have his attention on. I mean, you know, I'm a father. I'm a son. I have older parents. Like, I, you know, 
my work is not who I am. It's what I do. And, and I think we're all like that. Like there are things in life way more important than anything we do at work. And you would hope your employer and your boss would understand that much, much less somebody who has given what he's given to this game and to this team or what I've given to, say, the Tampa Bay Times. They would all be supportive of that. And I, and I'm, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but if it's something that was planned, a lot of things can be planned, right? It could be anything. Um, I just don't know why they did get out in front of it. Um, and like I said, they could have allied a lot of fears because the people I've talked to, no one at the Bucks is concerned. No one. You know, well, that's it's good. Not, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, it's not like, hey, is someone no? That it. In other words, they haven't really ruled this out ad litem for me, but it's kind of like, no one thinks that, you know, oh my gosh, somebody's really ill, or, you know, oh my gosh. There's something going on that's nefarious or, you know, uh, family related. And, and it's kind of like, no, everyone's fine with the plan. Everyone knows what's going on. And, you know, or the, the few people, or few people, I should say everyone knows. There's a few people that know. I think prim- primarily Jason Light and Todd Bowles. And they they think he's completely engaged like he's always been and committed and it's just you know he has to do this and then he'll be back and um you know as long as he's there september 11th and ready to go we'll be fine that's sort of the attitude you get so it's there's not a defcom you know one or something like that it's it's basically you know all systems go a little bit of delay in the countdown but we're fine you know and and the weather's going to break and we'll have launch but i i just it it's odd to me it's just the whole thing is very odd. It's it's a riddle, and we may never know because Brady Brady has a very, obviously a very small circle of people he confides into. You haven't seen anyone, anyone in the media, sort of break what this is, right? What the what the personal reason is, what the plan is for him these next two weeks. Um, that may change. You know, I mean. It's hard to disappear in this world, <laughs> you know, especially if you're Tom Brady. Um, somewhere there's going to be a photo pop-up uh, of him, and where he'll be, I have no idea. But it, there's, there's a likelihood of that over these next couple weeks. All I know is until he's back, he's not back, right? And so we'll chug along with Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert and maybe Ryan Griffin, and, and there, you know, there's not many starters we'll play anyway. And we'll see where we're at once we leave Tennessee. So we got uh, your mailback questions coming up, answered 100% correctly. We were able to get to a few of them, uh, especially on the Bucks the other day. Uh, but we got more. But first, we want you guys to uh, know it's been hot out there, and I appreciate the fact that your electric bill like mine is going through the roof. We've got a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. And you know that this field has all these fly-by-night companies. They'll knock on your door, all this stuff. Well, May Electric Solar, they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. And with every installation, you also get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products that conduct on-site testing so you can see exactly what they install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can start saving money today 
Uh, you can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your quality of life, and preserve your appliances. That's May Electric at 727-819-2862. All right, we got some more mailbag questions on this beautiful Friday. Let's get to it. All right, we'll start with some raised questions here. and we got quite a few, actually. Les had tweeted us, should we be worried about Shane McClanahan? Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say that because he's their ace and he's had an unbelievable year. Um, and he's now entering a number of innings that he has never approached in the major leagues. And I think they got to be very careful with him. And I think that you, you should worry – uh, when you see, I think, the last outing that he had, um, the thing that concerned me the most was his velocity was down. Um, I don't want to see him go from 99, 100 to 95, 94. I don't want to see it, uh, or even 96. You know, fatigue is an issue. And, you know, these guys didn't have the long spring training, and he's just been – he's such a talent uh, and such an ace for them. And – you know, one of the more consequential pitchers they've had since David Price, I would always worry about a guy like that. I mean, look, Tyler Glass now was their ace a couple of years ago, and he hasn't pitched since because he has a Tommy John. He may have a chance to come back before the season is over. So you don't want to ever see anybody get hurt. And I think going into it, they realized, hey, if, if this guy stays healthy, he's going to easily eclipse any number of innings he's ever pitched before uh, in a baseball season, and he's there. And so, you know, as hard as he throws, as long as he throws, he goes deep into games, I, I definitely would worry. I'd treat him very carefully. I really would because even if you don't win the World Series this year um, and we don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, you want that guy to be your ace every year. And and I think he will be if he can just stay healthy. But I, I tell you, the Rays have had so many guys go down in baseball in general, right? Uh, especially hard throwers that um, I'm I'm nervous every time he takes the ball now. I really am. I, I I just think he's at that point where, you know, anything could go wrong. And um, you don't want to shut him down because he's absolutely your best pitcher and you're still in the playoff race. But I think they'll be really careful with him. And it wouldn't surprise me if you saw him go five innings, six innings. Like, they're not – I don't think they're going to be into pushing him up until or unless they get in the postseason or something like that. Um, but they, they are concerned, and they should be, and they, and they really have to watch it. All right, Craig had tweeted us after Saturday night's game. He says, when is a 7-1 deficit too much to come back from in baseball? Seems like Kevin Cash gave up on the game Saturday night. To me, it's saying to the front office, our team is not that good to play come from behind baseball. Rick, you played the game. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, in the major leagues, you don't see a lot of rallies down 7-1, to one, and it depends on, you know, number of things, right? I've, I've always thought, and it used to frustrate me, you know, if you're a fan that's paying a ticket and you go to a game, any game, and your team, you know, that you're rooting for gets down early, and there does seem to be sometimes a white flag aspect to any given game. Like, you could see them, for example... Um, not pitching their better bullpen that day. You could see them using guys um, that you know typically wouldn't go into games if they were close, uh, and sometimes that leads to more runs. And you're kind of like, well, what do you know? Don't they want to win? Don't they want to win tonight? Like I, I bought a ticket for tonight's game, 
but they have to manage for 162. And that's just the reality, right? You don't have a thousand players. Um, they do a pretty good job of running pitchers in and out of Durham. Um, they use 40, 45 players a year, not just 25. So they're very resourceful that way. Um, but there are some games where, let's be honest, like it would take something miraculous for you to dig yourself out of that hole. And and how much how much currency do you want to use in terms of your bullpen or your better pitchers to get there, right? You you could maybe go out there and throw your best and hold them to seven to one, but are you going to score six runs? And what inning is it when when this occurs? You know, so you're never out of the game. There's always a chance to come back in in these games, but I think that managers need to manage for the long run because there's no one game unless it's a World Series that is do or die, right? In the regular season, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to take the number of wins. You're going to determine you know, whether you won the division and where you fit in as a wild card and go from there. So I don't get upset. I used to, you know, when I, when I was younger and I was, you know, buying tickets and you go out there and you see somebody getting racked early and you're like, why aren't they taking them out? And then you realize, well, they've used, you know, the entire bullpen the last day and a half. They don't have any fresh arms down there. Somebody has got to give them length. You know, somebody has got to give them six innings, five innings. So they, they don't have to use four pitchers again. And that's all part of the genius of, you know, getting your team in the postseason in the best shape you can and then going on and hopefully winning a World Series. But um, I do understand it. It is frustrating. Um, technically, any lead you could come back from, especially in some of these ballparks. But I just think you got to get a feel for how the game is going, for how that opposing pitcher is throwing, and also mostly – you know, what's the capital you would have to spend to try to maintain this or get back in this game? All right, Michael tweeted us. He said, you guys have talked about the Bucks and Lightning going all-in chasing championships with talented rosters. Why don't the Rays go all-in to chase a championship? After the 2020 World Series, they got rid of two of their best starting pitchers. Well, they did, but they also picked up some other guys too, right? Um, the all-in part is... I think fairly simple. It, they all in would mean, you know, uh, uh, spending money and spending a lot of money in a small market team that doesn't produce it. Well, um, and and that means there's no salary cap in baseball, right? So exactly, you know, the Yankees aren't limited on what they can spend. The Dodgers aren't, right? And the Rays, whether they're spending as much as they could, we don't know. But unlike the NFL. NBA or the NHL where there's a salary cap and there's more revenue sharing mm-hmm. and you have limits on, you know, that's why the Lightning have lost players over the last few years. That's why right. Ryan McDonough's not here anymore. That's why Tyler right. Johnson's not here and Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and, you know, go through the list. There's, there's a salary cap and eventually players get paid. Mm-hmm. Baseball doesn't have that salary cap. Right. So, you know, what is all in for the Rays? They're all in has been building young players up and you know to be honest they're starting to get that look i mean how many how many players do you have in their lineup now you say are everyday players you know zanino's your catcher brendan Lau's your second baseman franco's your shortstop araz arena's in the outfield uh you know they hope josh lowe is going to get to that point um yandy diaz and g-man Choi are basically i mean they finally have a team where they have consistency. You know, this year they're all hurt. 
And, you know, yes, they didn't go get Juan Soto. And, you know, what it took to get them from San Diego. But San Diego's got a shot to re-sign him long-term. I don't know if Tampa Bay would. Exactly. Now, they've got three playoff runs with him before they have to sign him because he's still under control for two more years. Right. But the salary cap changes that all-in mentality. Absolutely. And, you know, now, should they have gotten rid of Charlie Morton and let him go to Atlanta for the same price? You can argue that. The Blake Snell trade. They got Francisco Mejia in the deal. They got Luis Patino, who is going to hope is going to be good. They got a couple other minors in there. We'll see. I mean, time will tell. Tyler Glass now, are they going to be able to re-sign him long-term? Right. Or will he he be gone? He's got one more year left after this year. You know, but the salary cap changes a lot of things in baseball compared to those other sports. Yeah, and, and not just free agency, but like the currency to get these players is is your farm system. And for a small market team in, in a non-salary cap situation, like you have to hang on to those guys, draft and develop, and when they get to the big leagues, hope that they're your future stars. Um, because if you start dipping too too deep into your, you know, into your farm system, um, what happens down the road? You know, like that pitcher or that batter that you rented for six months or three months or whatever that may or may not have helped you win a World Series cost you two or three of your best prospects. You do that enough times, now you're really in trouble. So. Yeah, it's 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 a different sport, and you know, um, I think I think first of all, every team is all in, right? They all want to win the World Series, however they do it. The Rays have to do it a different way than some, um, and I think they do a tremendous job of it, um, trying to manage that. They're to me, they're all in every year. Uh, you don't win a hundred games without thinking you can come back and win a World Series the next year. You just don't, and so I think they feel like they have this window. And, and a core of young players, and they're just getting started. You know, Wander Franco and Rosarena and those guys. Um, unfortunately, they've, they've dealt with injuries, and that's the thing you, you know, these other teams, when they get a guy hurt, they can go out, spend what they want, and replace him. Um, the Rays just can't do that. Or they can make a trade for a guy and take on his salary for, for the remainder of the season, and it's tough for the Rays to do. So it's never going to be an even, even playing field without a salary cap. But don't tell them they're not all in because in their minds, they're, they're trying to win just like everybody else. All right, Dusty had tweeted us. Could Joe Madden ever come back to the Rays? It seems Kevin Cash has hit his plateau. Okay. First of all, I don't buy the premise that, that Kevin Cash is plateaued. So if you ask me, you know, could Joe Madden ever come back? Um, probably no. Uh, given his age. Uh, given the fact that he's been there, done that, I don't think his his second stint. To me, this isn't Tony Larusa, right? Where there's like forty years in between. Um, there just hasn't been that much time. Uh, you know, I I don't know a scenario where Kevin Cash one wouldn't be the manager here before Joe Madden would be too old to manage here. So uh, I don't think it is possible. I love Joe Madden. Like I'm I'm literally consider him. You know, kind of maybe not best friends, but like we know each other very well. We get along and um, have spent some time together and um, I, it would be great, but I, I don't think that there's any need uh, nor urgency and, and desire to replace Kevin Cash, who's a two time manager of the year. And, and to this point, at least, and look what Joe did, you can only win for the first time, first time once, right? Um, That was sort of a Camelot era, if you will. 
You know, I, I kind of refer to Dungy's situation that way in some, some respects. That the first time you win is the first time. And, and you know, Madden took this team that was losing 100 games a year with him in the front office and, you know, Andrew Friedman and all those guys, and they got to a World Series. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable what they were able to do, um, you know, the number of playoff wins and, and you know, ALEs pennants and things like that. Uh, just a terrific sort of, you know, pinch me time in Rays baseball. But it ran its course. He went on to win a World Series with the Cubs. Uh, got his dream job with the Angels, got fired. I think he's going to be back in baseball because everyone's going to want a manager that has his resume in that World Series uh, ring, and, and he still thinks he's got some managing left to do. It's just not going to be here. It's hard to go home again. And, and, and frankly, you're not going to see Cash go anywhere for a number of years, and nor should he because he can absolutely get it done. And this year is about injuries. They've been completely decimated. You know, uh, you know, you always say this, like, you think you can do better? Well, here's the lineup card, you know. You just read the batting averages. You know, what order can you put these guys in that you think they're going to be better, right? When you got a guy, a bunch of guys bat- batting a buck this or a buck that. So I think that Cash is here to stay. I think he should be. I hope Joe goes somewhere good and has another chance at a World Series ring um, before he's done managing because, you know, he was great here. Love to see him um, come back and, you know, if they ever have sort of, you know, retire numbers or uh, have a Joe Madden day, I think that would be appropriate. Um, but no, I, I I don't think you'll see him in a Tampa Bay uniform uh, in the dugout anytime soon. Brian had tweeted us, is there a chance the Yankees have peaked already this season? And will the Rays be able to make a push for the top wild card once Wander Franco and others on the IL return? Two-part question. Um, I'll take it opposite. I, I, I think they do have a chance at a wild card, and I think getting Franco and Margot and some of those guys back is going to be better than what they could have done at the trade deadline in some respects. But they need, to, they need to tread water. They need to not fall too far behind. And they've got a big series you know, with, uh, with the Orioles going. Um, that's, that's going to be key. Um, the other part of that question was who peaked? Did they peak too soon? Was that what it was? Did the Yankees peak too soon? Or Did the uh, Yankees peak too soon? No, the Yankees were fortunate that they didn't get injured, and now they're they're starting to see those crop up. And um, I mean, you like to be playing your best baseball when you get to the postseason. That's not always possible based on who's available or not. Uh, they've kind of hit a little bit of a law here, you know, and it, I think it's inevitable. I mean. No one's going to go out there and win 130 games. You know, it just the pace they were on had to come back down to earth. Now, the other day I looked and I think they were under 500 since the All Star break. Um, but there's, you know, they're starting to leak some oil too. You know, starting to get guys nicked up. They got some older players. So these are the sort of the dog days for them. And you know, I peak too soon. I mean, they they still have a hell of a team when they get the postseason that can go all the way to the World Series, but. Um, it happens, you know, it happens to teams. It's their turn now to get some adversity. And I don't think they had any early on. And that's why I think that they were just so stunningly great. Um, so they come back down to earth and that's what, that's what baseball is. It's a law of averages. It's going to get all of you, you know, everyone's going to win 60 games and everyone's going to lose 60 games. It's what you do with the other ones that, you know, make your world series champion. So they're hitting a little bit of a, little bit of a debit here. 
and I don't think they're ever going to be as hot as they were uh, earlier this season. So if you want to say they peaked, that's fine. But they're just I think it's just a function of injuries and things like that. All right, we got two questions kind of on the same topic here with the stadium, so I'll kind of read them both. Yeah, uh, They both take a little couple different angles. Rooting for UF tweeted, Explain to us why the Rays' ownership doesn't pick a site and finance a stadium on their own. Self-financing gives complete autonomy, and they get all the profits from the events. Meanwhile, Carl tweeted us, said, if the Rays decide to move to Hillsboro, how do the citizens react when they ask for a tax to pay for it? They'll complain, but it's pay or walk. Charlotte Nashville would pay. And they say the Glazers want a new stadium in seven to ten years. Will we, will we be asked to pony up again? How's that pill going to go down? Wow, that's a lot. Um, well, let's start with the why don't the Rays self-finance their own stadium? Okay, let's do that. Um they don't do it because most of these stadiums aren't self-financed. Um, well, why self-finance if someone's going to give you money, essentially? Well, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, real estate these days is really expensive. And so, you know, I found that the the more recent stadiums have kind of been built sort of with a, a partnership, um, usually a developer, um, that's going to make the stadium a centerpiece of their area of land that they own and like in atlanta the battery like atlanta like they did in san francisco um yeah some other places where you know you you build up that area with new apartments and different things and so your property value goes up and that's really what you're gaining right in terms of the taxes that are being paid and 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 you know the amount of money that's coming into that area as a result of of that stadium and and more developers coming in and developing the land around it. So if you find somebody that owns a big enough parcel um, that can help you finance that, they, they have other ways of getting their money back too. Uh, but it's always seems to have been, the stadium games always seem to be in a, you know, a team um, sort of community partnership. And they're still trying to do it that way. Some, some owners would tell you that you want our product, then build me a whole stadium and I'll tell you what I want. And if you do it, you know, I'll keep playing there or I'll move there or whatever. Um, it's not as easy to get done these days. You know, these, these tax referendums, you know, they're, they they're generally hard to pass fail now. They generally fail. Yeah. Because first of all, we, we're in the, we're in the world of sports. And so we, we love sports and, and we're okay with paying extra because we think it brings enough value to the community, et cetera. But then you forget that, like, most people could care less. Like, most people don't even watch it, right? Um, much less want to use their tax dollars for it. There's bigger things, you know, education, police, fire. You know, you, you can go through the list. And to them, you know, it's a luxury item. You know, like, why, why are we helping finance billionaire owners so they can make more money with the stadium we bought them? So I get it. It's, it's, it's hard hard to taxpayers behind it. And uh, as far as, you know, like the the Bucks, I would just say this. They have not told me specifically uh, their desires for a new stadium, but I would just say most of the ones that have been built, the, the sort of the life expen- expectancy is around 20 to 25 years. Well, we're at 20 now, you know. So sooner than later, they are going to want to either retrofit entirely or build a new stadium. And that day is coming fast. It really is. And I think 
because of what the NFL means, because football is king, you'll find, whether it's Hillsborough County or the city of Tampa, we'll probably find a way uh, to make that happen and probably near the site where it exists now, you know. Um, but they haven't yet, and they haven't publicly asked anybody for it. But I believe Raymond James Stadium is the 11th oldest stadium in the NFL. Yeah. Not that old, but... The, the, I mean, look, but, the Georgia but Dome... two-thirds of the teams have had a new stadium since the Buccaneers. Yeah, the, and the Georgia Dome, I look at this, like the Georgia Dome was about 20 years old when they said enough, you know. And there's other stadiums around the, the NFL recently that have gotten taken down, and they were around the 20 years. Well, you're right at, you're right at 20 years right now, 21 years right now. Mm, so, you're at what, 20, it was 98, right? For 98. The James, so now you're at 24 years. 24, yeah. So almost a, almost a quarter century. So it's not going to be here much longer. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think we're headed to that day. And I think, I, once again, taxpayers will have to make up their own minds. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's an easier sell with an NFL team. Not that, like to your point, no one's building public finance stadiums around the country anymore. Um, but if you had to build a stadium for somebody, there's going to be much more of an appetite to do it with an NFL team. And there was a time when you thought, well, not this NFL team because they lose all the time. But Brady has changed that. And uh, they would have been smart to try to get this thing passed while Brady was still the quarterback. But, <laughs> uh, you know, unless they can get it on the ballot in November, uh, it may not happen. But that's how Raymond James was built. Um, Half-cent sales tax, Hillsborough County. And they, they also attached it to an increase uh, for schools and for police and firemen. And, of course, you know, you start talking about schools, police, and firemen, who's not for that, right? So sign me up. And, oh, yeah, a half cent's going to go to a new stadium as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. All right, we got a couple of college football questions. We're going to have Matt Baker on next week uh, to discuss yeah. college football. The coaches poll came out earlier this week. The AP yeah. poll is going to come out Monday. Matt, of course, is an AP voter, so we'll get his insight on that. So we'll hold mm-hmm. those couple questions for that. But we'll end on this one. Yeah. And Greg had tweeted us. He says, which team has more wins, which team goes further in their respective playoffs, and which team fails to meet expectations? The teams are the Bucks, Florida State, the Gators, and USF. Um. Which team has more wins? I think that one's pretty easy. That's the box. The but one they play more games. Yeah, so they're going to win twelve or thirteen, I think, um, but at least eleven, anywhere from ten to, mm-hmm. to thirteen, um, and they do play more games. Which one is the biggest disappointment? Which team goes further in their respective playoffs? Further, I, mean, in their I, I playoffs. think Bucks are the only ones that make the playoffs. Well, what could you say that there's the a college football playoff? conference championship? I mean, you know, does Florida State, US, USF, or the Gators make that? 
Yeah. No. I don't, I don't okay. think so. And what's the other categories? And then which team fails to meet expectations? Okay. So I'm going to go Bucks Bucks because like you said there is there is uh there is playoffs. Um Brady getting in the postseason and good advancing is pretty safe bet. More wins, like you said, uh, more games, obviously. Who fails to meet expectations? What are the expectations, I guess? I mean, you'd have to say, like, for USF, what are they, right? Are they going to meet them? Mm-hmm. Is it five games? Is it six? You have to be bowl eligible. Um, the Gators, you know, totally new program. I mean, I'm surprised they're not ranked in the top 25. So that's lowered their expectations. Florida State, you know, he's further down the program now. Hmm. Fails to meet expectations. And then, you know, USF's, I think the expectations are less. But you could also fail. I hate to say it, and I'm not I'm not predicting any bad things for Jeff Scott. I just look at that schedule and the fact that they've got new faces, um, including, you know, sort of a two headed quarterback. I don't know that he's I don't know that he's going to succeed. Um I don't know that he won't, and you're rooting for him, obviously, because it's a man's livelihood. Um but if if USF doesn't play well, um, and I mean you know win five six games, you could easily see that as a fail. I think. So for that reason, I, I'm I'm a little more bullish on no pun intended on the Gators. I think Florida State has started to win games and, and starting to remember how to win, but USF is totally unproven, and you know they've got better teams on their schedule that they're going to play. And I just there's too many question marks for me, so well, that would be my answer. And we'll ask Matt this question, but one of the other questions we got was: Is Jeff Scott on the hot seat if he doesn't improve in the win column? Great mm. guy, but sooner or later, got to come up with W's, right? Do we answer that now, or are we for Matt? You can, but we'll ask Matt <laughs> next week and get his viewpoint. But hell think- yeah, he's on the hot seat. His seat is scorching hot. I mean. It's unfortunate he came, you know, during COVID era, and, and, and you know, but he's a first-time head coach. I think what happens with those guys is they're just beginning to form their staff. Um, they wind up coaching the coaches. They try to do too much because they don't mm-hmm. trust everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think now, you know, he's able to take sort of a sort of a step back. It just it's hard, man. It's hard to win. Well, hard, you know, let done. me make a counter argument to that. Right. And, and and I think he's got to show progress this year. But I, what I, is progress? Well, Five I mean, wins? Six? Well, I, I, I think, you know, you're going to need more wins than two, which is what he's had. You're going to or need, three, in my you're opinion. You're going to need yeah. to be more competitive in more games. Because here's the other part of, of you know, and, and there's something to be said for consistency in that. And if you, th- you know, if you think Jeff Scott is a good coach, is after this season, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston leave the conference. The conference becomes easier, and you'll be in year four of your program with right. all your guys now. Yeah, and, and fewer and, great teams. You know, and so, and either Timmy McLean, I think, I think Bohannon's got two years of eligibility left, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of those guys will be back for another year, you presume. Yep. So, are you so quick to pull the trigger on that? Assuming he doesn't, you know, the team doesn't go out and just play awful this year. Yeah. But, I mean, you start seeing, wow, 
this offense looks better. Wow, they're making plays on defense. They're in these games. And, and maybe they don't win as many because the schedule is tough. And then you realize those teams are leaving. But you know that several of those teams are leaving. Your team presumably should be still getting better. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not as hot as you think because of that. But yeah, I, I think, I I mean, think the eye, it's going to be the eye test of, is this team getting better? Uh, yeah, you know, it, I, I still think wins matter. They do. You know? They do. I mean, definitely you want to play better, and, you know, you could take teams down to the wire, and maybe they're better, maybe BYU is better, and there are some moral victories in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to learn how to finish games, and they haven't done such a good job of that. So, And, and the Ws matter in getting money for the stadium that they want to build on campus. That too, absolutely. You, Yeah, you want to be the guy on the rise. You don't want to be the guy that's, you know, on the hot seat trying to go out there and, and, and encourage people to donate. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a stadium where you're probably not going to coach in, you know, like that, that's a hard sell. And that's why colleges change coaches all the time. They're trying to sell tickets. They're trying to sell hope. Um, you see a lot of trouble, not in the greater programs. They, you know, Nick Saban's and those guys stick around, but um, everybody else is just sort of, you know, jockeying for position. But I think great- Jeff Scott gets another year. Assuming you see, assuming progress. he does okay, yeah. Assuming Whatever you that is, see okay. that the team is getting better, yeah. Uh, I mean, they definitely have a better roster than they've had the last two years. Oh yeah, and listen, the transfer portal is mm-hmm. working for them. Mm-hmm. Now they got to show it on the field and show yeah. that development of players. Yes, and if they can do that, I think I think regardless of the win total, assuming he's not zero and twelve, you know that I I think he gets another year. I don't think he's I don't think his seat's as hot as some people think. Okay. It, it, well, now, I hope you're like right. Like I said, if the eye test says uh, they're not making progress, then it's a different story. But I think they, I think they're going to be better this year. I just uh, don't know how many the quor- wins. Having the quarterbacks is a great place mm-hmm. to start, and mm-hmm. you know his young guy now has a full season under his belt. Which I'm here to tell you, the most improvement you're going to make is between the first and second year. Mm-hmm. So um, that you know, any football team that has depth and some quality. Um, Playmakers at the quarterback position. I don't care what conference you're in. You got a chance, and I would say this is the best quarterback situation that they've had there in years. Certainly, the best one Scott has had. Um, so it should play out in his favor. All right, great questions. Uh, really, both days, but uh, certainly in the mailbag segment, we've got uh, the Rays continuing their series against the Baltimore Orioles, and this Saturday tomorrow it is bump 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 bump. The Bucks hosting the Miami Dolphins at Raymond James Stadium. The 2022 season is upon us. They're going to actually be playing football, tackle football. Don't expect to see Tom Brady. Don't expect to see many or any of the starters. But uh, for all you Kyle Trask fans and you Gator fans, you're going to love this game. Um, maybe even uh, for some Tua fans because I think he's expected to play some as well. So, yeah, we'll be at uh, Raymond James and bring you – all of the follow and fallout from that on Monday's podcast. Before we get out of here, just remember to support our sponsor at May Electric Solar. You can save a ton of money on your electric bill and your energy costs. 30-year labor and service warranty, $750 worth of surge protection. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862, and schedule a free estimate, 727-819-2862. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everyone. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 